Hey everyone, you're listening to the PhD Survival Guide Podcast, the podcast made by PhD students for PhD students. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on an essential part of all PhD journeys, the dissertation committee. What is a committee? How do we know who to choose for our committee? And how to prepare for committee meetings? As always, I hope you enjoy this episode, and without further ado, let's roll out that nice intro music. Welcome into the PhD Survival Guide podcast, episode number 13. I'm your host, Fidas, and today we're going to be talking about committees. But before we get started with that, a couple of shout outs. I would like to go ahead and say that if you haven't yet, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't already yet as well, please leave a review for our podcast so that we can get a better idea as to if we're doing good or not or how we can change things up. You can leave me any type of questions or comments in Spotify on the bottom of the page there. You'll see a Q&A where you can upload a question for me. And if you don't listen to us on Spotify, then you can reach out to us on Instagram. Follow us over at phdsg underscore pod or phdsg underscore pod. You can send me a DM there and I'll respond to it pretty quickly. You're also going to want to be following us on Instagram because I will be announcing a giveaway shortly, something for PhD students that will help PhD students. I'm kind of keeping it a little bit of a secret until we get to that point where I can do the giveaway, but we just surpassed 500 followers across all platforms where the podcast is available, and that's a huge milestone for us. We also surpassed 5,000 plays in total, so I'm super excited for that, and thank you guys again for listening. I want to give back to the community and try to help out as much as possible and try to give some resources for some PhD students that might be in need. So stay tuned for that. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with this episode. I teased it a little bit at the end of the last episode that we would be talking about dissertation committees. And this has been a heavily requested topic. I've had a bunch of people now ask me to talk about how to prepare for committee meetings. But I wanted to start from the very beginning and kind of lay out what a committee is and why it's so important. So if you're a PhD student at any point of your PhD, you're going to have a committee. Specifically, this is the dissertation committee that we're talking about. We're not talking about an exam committee or anything like that. We're talking about the dissertation committee. An exam committee is a committee of faculty members that are put together, usually by the department or the university or institution that you're at, and they do or conduct your um, your comprehensive exams or your qualitative exams. And we'll talk about how to tackle that in a future episode. But before that, typically, before that in your progress, you're putting together something called your dissertation committee. And your dissertation committee is a team of faculty that are going to be dedicated to helping you get through your PhD, get you through the finish line. They're going to be your mentors. They'll provide advice. They'll provide guidance on your projects or what's necessary for your writing. All of the different topics that are necessary for a PhD, they're going to be helping out with. Now, the reason why this can be so stressful for a lot of PhD students is because this is the first 
I, I would put it as the first major decision that you're making throughout your PhD, unless you're doing your rotations and you're picking a lab to join. And this decision is basically that you're choosing who you want to be on your committee. You get to reach out to different professors and ask them, hey, do you have the time and would you be willing to be on my dissertation committee? So as you put together your committee, there are a couple of things that you want to keep in mind when you're putting that together. And we're going to go over those things and talk about, you know, what are some of the necessities that you're looking for as a student? What are the things that I was looking for when I was going through it? And some of the things that I wish I had known prior to doing it. The first thing to know is that your committee is going to be made up of about four to five members. This is going to be completely dependent on your department and the rules of your institution. I've seen some institutions say that the minimum is five members, and I've seen some say that it's four members. At our institution, where I am currently doing my PhD, ours is four members. Your advisor is the first one, and then you have three others. So your PI is going to be number one. If you have a co-PI or another faculty member that you're kind of under, like you have two advisors, then that would typically be your second member. If not, it'll just be another faculty member. The third one will also be a faculty member. And the fourth one might be an external member or an external faculty member, someone from outside of your department or outside of your institution in general. So the first thing to consider is how many committee members do you want to have? So even though I'm saying minimum, you could have more than four. You could have more than five. You could have six, seven, as many committee members as you want. But there are some things that you should know prior to doing that. So I put together a pros and cons list because when I was putting together my committee, I was like, wow, think about it this way. Like I could have X, Y, Z as my mentors, and then I could also have one, two, three as my mentors as well. And the reason why I was thinking I would want them on my committee is because I'm guaranteeing their mentorship. I've essentially put them as part of my committee. They'd be part of my committee meetings. They would be giving me very specific advice towards my project and helping me that way. But now that I've gone through five years of the PhD so far, I would ask myself, you know, you can have more than four members, but is it necessary? So to go through the pros, the number one pro would be to diversify your committee mentors. That would be the number one thing that I think that you could gain from this. The number one benefit that you could get is that you could have mentors that have experience and specialties in different fields. And that would give you a very well-rounded way of tackling your research and your PhD as a whole. The next pro to this would be to increase your networking opportunities. So if you remember in the last episode, we talked about networking and how important that is to PhD students and coming up in your career. Well, by increasing the number of mentors that you have, you're giving them an intimate relationship with your own project that they're becoming so aware of what you're doing and the skills that you actually have that they can start to recommend you for a postdoc, for example, or other career opportunities outside of a postdoc or outside of academia that you might not have had an opportunity to know or learn about had they not actually seen what you were capable of doing. So these are things that, you know, you want to start thinking about for when you are putting together your committee as to like what kind of ties they have outside of the university or outside for your own career development and progression. The last pro here is guaranteed mentorship. And that's essentially saying that when you have somebody on your committee, you're guaranteeing the fact that they will be able to mentor you. Now, this comes in different forms, and mentorship is not 
the same across different faculty members. This can look differently completely depending on who you're talking to or who you're asking. So just know that before you know you understand what guaranteed mentorship means. I'm not saying that people on your committee are going to be walking you through how to do experiments. For sure, there will be certain faculty members that are able to do that, but others can guarantee mentorship by saying, yeah, I can make it to whatever meeting you need me to make it to. But that's, that's about it. So just saying that guaranteed mentorship is just saying that, okay, you are essentially putting them on your committee and they will be exposed to your research one way or another. And how much input you get from them is totally dependent on that individual. Now, I always like to think as an optimist and saying, like, I'm going to get the most out of my mentors no matter what. And so far, that's been true. I mean, my mentors have been very, very helpful. My committee has been incredibly helpful and instrumental in continuing my PhD and everything. But just know that that's not going to look the same across all mentors or all faculty members. Now, while it might sound very enticing to have more than four or five or whatever the minimum number of committee members you need for a dissertation committee, I do want to highlight some of the cons, and I want you to take these very seriously as you're thinking about putting together your committees. My number one con is that it's difficult to manage schedules. As a PhD student, you have to learn how to get better with time management. We've talked about this time in and time out. But something that becomes incredibly difficult to do is not just manage your own schedule, but also try to get other people to be on the same terms as you as for scheduling. So when you have a committee, you have to put together these things called committee meetings, when you're essentially meeting with your entire committee and going over your progress in the PhD. This can happen once a year, this could happen twice a year, once a semester, so that would be what, three times a year? It, it's totally dependent on you and your committee how often you meet with them. But something that you have to keep in mind no matter what is that your time isn't the only factor to consider here. If you go after these committee members that are, let's say, the dean of the department or the dean of the university or the dean of the college or whatever, you can, you can choose whoever you want. And if they accept, that's great. But if you go after people that have very little time to be on your committee and very little time to actually make it to meetings then you become very restricted in how you are dealing with your meetings and how you can organize your meetings and schedule things and you have to schedule things months in advance and that becomes difficult to kind of predict what projects you want to have done by then and setting those deadlines. So it's very good to get good at doing that, at predicting when you're going to be finished with certain projects and setting realistic deadlines and expectations. However, as a first or second year PhD student, that's kind of difficult to gauge, especially as you're still getting your feet wet in the laboratory and understanding how long it actually takes to complete things. It's not something that you shouldn't be doing. It's definitely something that you should get better at. However, that early, just know that that will be a challenge as you are putting your committee together and understanding like, okay, this person has this much time. This person can only meet in mornings. This person can only meet in afternoons. You need the committee to mesh well and for your scheduling to mesh well, so that way you can get everything together and do it in the most optimal way. The second point here is that it's going to also increase the wait times on important documents and milestones. So your committee, your dissertation committee, is going to be very important for signing off on a lot of different things. Some of those will be your dissertation proposal or proposing your dissertation actually writing your dissertation. Some people require their committee's signatures on different papers that they're putting out. 
annual evaluations, semi-annual evaluations, all those different things. So the more committee members that you have, the longer it will naturally take to complete those milestones and go through with that. A good example of that is that for me, I completed my dissertation proposal last year. I had proposed everything, but it was a little different just because I had actually published the first paper for the first chapter of my dissertation, my first aim. My second aim was pretty much done, and my third aim was what I was working on. Now, it's interesting because I had put together my proposal, sent it out to the committee, met with the committee, had everything reviewed and done, and then all the part after that, actually getting it to the university graduate school, took longer because it just has to go through all these different approvals and signatures and making sure that everything is set. It went pretty quickly for me because I am a graduate student that has only four members of their dissertation committee or on their dissertation committee. But for others that have five, six, or more, it's going to take a lot longer. And that's just something that comes with the territory. That's just something that you're going to have to expect and deal with if you do opt to have more members on your committee. The last and final con that I want to go over is that it's going to increase the complexity of the dynamic of your committee. And this is one that I might have some people disagree with me on. Now, before I say my piece on this, I do want to state that I, again, am an optimist. I believe that no matter what, whoever I choose as a mentor, they're going to do their absolute best for me. And I do believe that faculty members and mentors are trying their best for students. However, you will have scenarios and situations where it's not the most optimal. And what I'm trying to refer to is that your faculty members on your committee or your committee members are human beings, right? So they're going to either get along with each other or some might not mesh well with others. And you have to be aware of that as you're putting together your committee. The best way to do this is to ask your PI for advice, because no matter what, your PI has to be on your committee. So asking your PI for advice and understanding who your PI would get along with is just very, very instrumental and important for your dissertation committee. Now, I'm not saying go and ask your PI, okay, who do you get along with? Who would make most sense to to put on the committee? Because that's, you know, you don't want to do that. But you should ask, hey, you know, I'm putting together my dissertation committee. Who do you think would be a good fit here? And start to really gauge and understand who, you know, your PI is recommending to you and everything. Because for the next three, four plus years, your PI is going to be working with those people to make sure that you move along. And the best way for you to move along is if your committee gets along with each other. And the more members that you add to that mix, the more complex that dynamic becomes. You're going to have some members that are very vocal about what they want to recommend to you and what they think you should be doing as your next steps. And you'll have some mentors that are like, okay, although they're taking like a backseat to a lot of the discussion, they're going to tell you, all right, I think this is what you should be doing. And I think, you know, this is the best way to continue on. So these are just the dynamics that you have to understand as you get into putting together your committee. These are the dynamics that will help you move forward throughout your PhD. After wrapping up the pros and cons list for why you should have more or less members on your committee, I will personally say that my advice is to have the minimum required members, or the minimum number of required members. And the reason why is because those cons, you know, I've had four members on my dissertation committee my entire PhD, and it's worked really well for me. And I still run into scheduling conflicts and things like that. So I can't imagine what it would be like having five or more. Now, 
I would recommend that if you are putting together your committee, don't just take my advice. Don't just listen to what I have to say and say, all right, Firas said four members, so we're going with four members. No, reach out, talk to your PI, see what they have to recommend. Also reach out to other students, some that might have five members, some that might have four members, some that might have six if that's available, and understand what they also believe and how that's helped them. Once you get that eclectic or that entire knowledge for how to continue with the number of members on your committee or who to even have on your committee, then you can go ahead and start making the decisions and reaching out to the members and uh, or reaching out to faculty and asking them if they would serve on your committee. Now let's go over a couple of key things before we get to the committee meetings portion. The first thing is that it's important to understand that while a committee is a long commitment to a student's success, it is not uncommon for committees to change. And what I mean by that, it's not uncommon to have different members join your committee or leave your committee at any point throughout your PhD. This can arise from a number of different factors. So if you have members joining your committee, that could be because your dissertation is taking a new direction and you need to have some experiments on there that will help answer the questions that you have that your PI or other committee mentors won't be able to answer. So if you're adding in new committee members, you might be thinking, all right, now I need to swap someone out or things like that. At the end of the day, this is totally normal. And the faculty members that are on your committee are used to this. So don't be shy or nervous as to having to ask, all right, who do we need to swap out? This is a conversation for you and your PI to have it might not make sense to swap someone out. It might make sense to just add somebody to your committee, depending on where you are in your PhD or how far along you are, if that's not something that'll hinder you or change your milestones or whatever the case may be. In other terms, it might be somebody leaving your committee. This can happen because a PI is changing their position in the department or the university or taking something on that way. This could happen because a PI is leaving the university or institution and moving to another one. This could be because a PI is leaving academia in general. There are so many reasons why a PI or a mentor or a committee member can no longer serve on your committee. Sometimes they'll choose to stay on, and that's great if they can still provide the time and effort to a PhD student, but other times they won't be able to, and that's okay. You know, if a PI or a committee member has to leave, you're not supposed to take offense to that. It's just, it is what it is, and you move on and you get somebody else to fill in that spot on your committee. So just know that there is a chance that your committee might change throughout your PhD, or that the members might change throughout your PhD. That's totally normal. The last note that I want to make is that while mentorship is always appreciated, that doesn't mean you can't gain mentorship from outside of your committee. And this is such an important thing to understand and realize because I've heard from a lot of PhD students is that, oh, well, that question didn't come up during my committee meeting, so it's not important. Or, oh, my committee doesn't think that this is important, so we don't have to learn about it, so I'm just not going to learn about it. That's not what a PhD is, right? As a PhD student, you're trying to, you're in the business of truth, is what I've heard. Uh, I have a mentor that's told me that multiple times, and I think that that's such a good way to look at a PhD in general, is that you're in the business of truth, and you're trying to find out the truth, and you're asking the questions and trying to uncover the answers to the truth. Sometimes we paint these faculty members and our mentors in such this light that they know everything and that whatever questions that we have to ask them, they're going to know the answers to, but in reality, that's just as you're expected not to know everything, you can't expect your 
committee members to also know everything. That doesn't make any sense, right? So if you have any questions that you want to answer outside of your committee's focus or outside of your committee's expertise, it's okay to go and gain mentorship that way. It's okay to send an email to somebody that's not on your committee and ask them, hey, like, you know, we were thinking about this. This is what we were discussing. What are your thoughts on it or anything of that sort? And just know that you can get mentorship even if that person isn't on your committee. So if you can't guarantee somebody to be on your committee, it's okay to still go and talk to them and ask them questions. And that's all I'm going to say for putting your committee together and understanding what members you want to have on your committee. The next part that I want to tackle and that I think is important to tackle is committee meetings. Now, we kind of just already said it, but committee meetings can happen any time of the year. So this can be once a year, two times a year, as frequent as you need them to be or as minimal as you need them to be, to put it quite frankly. As you get closer to the end of your dissertation or at the end of your PhD, you might realize, okay, I need to get my committee together to finalize some of these things. So you might meet a couple of times, whereas in the middle, when you're in the trenches and trying to do all these experiments, you might just meet with them once. Oftentimes, a lot of PhD students will look at committee meetings in the same way that they would look at an exam, that they have to study for it, that they have to put together the data, that they have to be ready for all the questions that they're about to get. And I don't look at committee meetings this way, and I think that it causes a lot of stress. So just to be quite frank with you guys and how I prepare for committee meetings is I take whatever was in my seminar and I condense it and I just focus on the data and the methods depending on what I'm trying to portray to my committee. So if I'm putting together a committee meeting for my dissertation and saying, this is how far I've gotten, this is what I need to do, what are your thoughts on it, then I'm really going to focus on the data and the methods and also the conclusions and saying like this is what we've gathered so far what do you think are the next best steps now the key piece of what i think makes a committee meeting different from a seminar is that your committee is judging how far along you are and what pieces are needed to complete your phd so in order to really capture that and help them make these assumptions I put together a slide in every single one of my committee meetings that's a timeline. So I literally put up a visual representation of when I started my PhD, draw a line that's horizontal across the slide to when I want to finish my PhD, to when I'm expected to graduate. And in between where I am, where we are in the present, and where I want to be in the future, I put in different milestones. Like I completed my dissertation proposal last year, so that's on there. In that time, I was able to complete, from that point to the present, I was able to publish a paper or whatever it is. Before I finish my PhD, I want to get this paper published or complete these experiments or anything. I mean, you can put in anything that you think is important for your committee to understand how far along or what's needed for you to progress. And I think that that piece is so essential, but not all PhD students do it. And I think it would really help you in your committee meetings and help kind of break that tension a little bit so that you're lowering their expectations in case if you think that they have really high expectations or understanding what needs to get done and putting together the right deadlines and guidelines for you to complete your own PhD. If you look at committee meetings this way or your committee even in this light, then I feel like it takes away a lot of the stress and the nervousness that you have going into a committee meeting. And it doesn't become this whole all right, I, I'm about to take an exam. It's more of, 
hey, let's see where we are progress-wise and see what we need to do to complete it. And take their advice really, really soundly and understand what you think is necessary from what they've suggested, what you think you can talk to your PI about, what you think might not be necessary, and formulate a plan that way. Now, other than a timeline, I think that the format to a committee meeting is slightly different than that of a seminar. For a seminar, you're trying to convey all of or as much data as you can within, let's say, 30 minutes or an hour or whatever your time frame is. With a committee meeting, you get to change that a little bit. You can have it be a half hour, you can have it be an hour or whatever you want. That's flexible to your members' time and how much they're giving you. But you also get to lay out your entire dissertation. So you want to put together a brief background, something that'll help them understand like why you're doing what you're doing, why it's important to do what you're doing, and then lay out what I like to do is the specific aims. So I'll have specific aim one, slides pertaining to that, specific aim two, slides pertaining to that. Some people have a third aim pertaining to that as well. So I have my three aims and the data that I've collected and the conclusions that I can draw from the specific aims. Now, let's say you're a second year or a third year PhD student that's listening to this episode and you're saying, well, Fidas, I don't really have any data for my second aim or my third aim or even my first aim. That's your opportunity to put in the methods that you want to use. So if, for example, I'm going to be doing some immunofluorescent staining for a certain protein that I want to look at, then I'm going to really spend some time on a slide to say, this is the protein that I want to look at. Here's some examples from the literature that have shown this. Here's the reason why I think this will work in our project. And really tailor it and put it together to draw like your committee members to understand why you're doing what you want to do. And that way they can help suggest things based off of your experiments and help guide you in the right way towards getting your PhD. All of these aspects will help formulate your hypothesis and make it really sound. They're going to be asking the questions that'll help you understand which way your project needs to go, and they're going to suggest things to help you get to the answers that you need for the questions that you have. Does this make sense in the realm of your PhD? Does this make sense in the scope of what you're trying to do, of your dissertation? All of these different aspects are so important and fundamental for continuing. Yes, you do learn in the PhD throughout making mistakes, trial and error, in the laboratory, or in whatever respective media that you are using for that, but your committee members and your committee meetings are also very instrumental for helping you understand the hypothesis and understand the critical thinking and the way that we formulate these questions. So we've talked about the format of how you should be putting together your committee meetings. We've talked about how to select your members, but the last thing is like what to expect during your committee meeting and how to prepare yourself for that. You should expect to get a lot of questions during your committee meeting. I don't want to take away from what I just said and not look at it as an exam, but you do have to understand that your committee is going to ask you a lot of questions based off theory, based off methods, approach, conclusions, everything throughout your PhD so that they can better understand where you're at and help gauge that progress as well. And what might feel like is happening and what I felt like is happening to me is that they keep asking questions to the point where you can't answer anymore. They bring you to a point where, all right, this is how much the student knows and this is how much the student needs to continue. So don't look at that as a bad thing. Look at that more as, all right, let's see where we are. 
uh, knowledge-wise. Use those skills that we talked about in the past to help navigate you through the questions that are being asked. If you didn't understand what the committee member was trying to ask you, if a question pops up and you didn't understand or didn't know the answer to it, then just flip the script and ask the member to state the question in a different way and to help you get through it. If you still don't know how to answer the question at that point, then it's okay to say, I don't know. That's something that I need to learn more about. I need to read up on it or I need to do more research into that. And I'll get back to you with that. That'll help them gauge the progress that you've made so far and gauge what you still need to learn. Again, and just to put this very simply and plainly, at the end of it, you are going to be getting a lot of questions from your committee members during your committee meetings. And that's nothing to be afraid of. That's nothing to shy away from. That's not a reason for you to say, oh my God, I don't want to do this committee meeting. That should be something for you to embrace. Because at the end of the day, a PhD is not just sitting in the laboratory and doing the work. It's not just meetings with you and your PI. It's beyond that. It's talking to experts in the field and conveying the information that you've learned and that you're trying to put together and your hypothesis and everything throughout. And a committee meeting is a great way to do that. Exposing yourself to opinions from other members or other experts in the field is a really, really good way to shape yourself professionally and to shape your critical thinking. Remember that your dissertation committee are the same people that decide whether you have learned enough during your dissertation defense to graduate you, accept your defense, and to accept your dissertation in totality. So the more that you meet with them, the more comfortable that you are with them, the easier it's going to be when you get to that last and final step of your dissertation defense. Just remember that these types of things take time. Building that rapport with your committee and feeling comfortable with your committee members takes a lot of time. And that happens through different meetings and continued meetings and meeting every year, at least once a year. One final tip and tool that I'd want to suggest is using Doodle. Doodle is a website, or it's called the Doodle Poll, and this is free to use. They have a subscription base, but you don't need that for the purpose that I'm recommending it for. If you're trying to plan a committee meeting and you're, you have one specific day or one specific time in mind, you can best bet that that's probably not going to work. The best way to do it is to send out this doodle poll, highlight different days and different time frames, and allow for your committee members to say, yes, I can make that day or that time. That way, once you have everybody's best time set up in the doodle poll, you can set up a meeting that is best for everybody to be able to meet, including yourself. So if you're listening to this and you're putting together your committee for the first time or getting your first meeting set up or even your second or third or so on and so forth, I believe in you. You can do it. It's something that I had to master. It's very daunting and nerve-wracking at the beginning just because you're in a room with a bunch of experts, but you know they want what's best for you, and you want to finish your PhD, and that is what's best for you. So look at it from that light and try to become more comfortable with it with time. And again, I fully believe that you can do this because this is something that I was able to attain, and I know a lot of PhD students are able to attain. So best of luck. If you have any questions, feel free to... DM them on Instagram and I'll look out for them. Also, if you haven't already, leave us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And also leave us a follow on Instagram at phdsg underscore pod or phdsg underscore pod. With that, let's wrap up this episode. And until next time, thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys.
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the PhD Survival Guide Podcast. Just as a disclaimer, the PhD Survival Guide Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by myself, Fidas. All things discussed in the podcast are my or our guests' opinions. No two students, mentors, or programs will ever be the exact same. Please keep an open mind when listening to what we have to say. All music is downloaded from Pixabay, the royalty-free music website. If you enjoyed this music, please check out artists like Lace FM, Sweet Fox, Fast Sounds, and Chillmore, who have all been featured in this audio production.